1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome back, guys. D.G.S. on Camel Happy Tuesday to you. 2.05. Bizarro world. Going to be like 80 degrees next couple days. It's dark at like 2 p.m., so... Weirdness, right? Yeah. Uh, our buddy Trisha is in with this from uh, down the hallway. Although now you're not really down the hallway. Now you're sort of like in management. I'm
3: kind of everywhere.
2: Yeah. yeah. How do you like yeah.
3: that? It's uh, it's interesting. I
2: think yeah. you're good at it.
3: Thank you. I really I do. appreciate that. Uh, it's like one of those things they don't prepare you for. Some of the little nuanced things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know this building. So those nuanced things are like hey, we're out of toilet paper. And I'm like, oh, well, find a grown-up. Is that I don't your know. fault though? Yeah, I, I I don't know. Find but a grown-up. At some point,
2: <laughs> I... Oh, I, oh I, let me just wipe <laughs> that butt for you. I, I know. I'm like, tell an adult. I don't know. It's not right. me. Right. <laughs> uh, like, what but, a great point. You yeah. really do see it from a different yeah. vantage
4: point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> That's been my approach my whole life. I remember... Yeah, find a grown-up. There was something like like paper or something, and I said something to Steve, and he was like, well, did you tell Trisha? Yeah. And I was like, I... Oh, Yeah. You no, know? <laughs> I did not.
2: Think, Although being not a, think a manager in radio is sort of like being an accountant for the circus, right? I mean, yes. it's not normal. Nothing normal is going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of issues you're handling are normal business issues, but with radio people. Yeah,
3: it's not as straight like. Normally, you'd think there's like an HR handbook and some normal procedures, and but we've got a bunch of artists and creative yeah. types, and yeah. everybody's got their own unique little quirks. So for sure, yeah.
5: Tell it's us cool, ours. Man. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a joke.
4: It's a joke. We, know yeah. <laughs> it.
2: we know what ours are. I was bracing myself. I, know know it did, I, was like, I was like, no, don't do that.
4: Do not tell me my flaws. Do me a
2: favor. Turn around and look at Ethan. Ethan, take your hat off. It's on Facebook no, right not. now.
4: Here, I'll turn him on. Here you go. go he
2: ahead. says he's not a ginger. He's a strawberry blonde.
3: I, I, I Okay. I saw this on Facebook. Yep. What's the difference?
5: A big one to Ethan. A lot I of f- letters.
3: Oh, okay. Um, whose side is everybody else on?
5: No, it's mixed. It's mixed. This has got to be okay. you. I mean, like, only you. What yeah. do you think?
3: I mean, I Well, look th- at
5: his and next to mine. Like, is, are they the similar? Are they close? I think that
3: they're similar. Yeah. They're yeah. both slightly red. Yeah. Uh, they're not
5: orange, right? There's the, they're or there's, not orange. There's like shades ginger. of ginger, I right? I think
3: I'm going to go strawberry blonde. You've got yeah. a little strawberry going. Yeah. It's gotten darker. It used to be white blonde, <laughs> uh-huh. and it's getting darker as I get older.
5: Yeah. See, like, And again, I truly don't care because I don't care about any of these things when it comes to my hair. Uh Dude, you don't care about anything. Not much. Or Mm -hmm. mostly not anybody else's opinions. opinions Maybe you're strawberry blonde.
4: Uh,
5: Maybe. It's fine. If that's the case, whatever. But I would would call strawberry blonde a category of ginger. Yeah. Because you have the gingers (laughs) that have orange-ish, like really bright orange, and then you have some that are even darker than mine. But here's
2: why it's important. Because the whole story came about because... Uh, People with red hair have a different pain tolerance than the rest of us to the point that they have to have more anesthesia because you'll wake up. And so if you were going in sight unseen and they're like, "Okay, we need to know whether you're a ginger because you might wake up during your gallbladder surgery. I bet you're a ginger like immediately. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, give me that extra anesthesia, baby. Yeah, Yeah, you
3: don't want to risk that. Yeah, there's
2: no more kidding around
5: about (laughs) that.
3: (laughs) That's a crazy thing though. Isn't it? Yeah, that's wild. I have a buddy who's You
5: grow up tough, you gotta be tough. No, I'm kidding, it's a joke.
3: <laughs> I have a buddy who's got a little red in his hair and he goes crazy on anesthesia. Like when they wake him up, he yeah. becomes yeah. the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah.
6: I've only
2: Okay, so I guess twice. So when I in ninth grade I had my wisdom teeth taken out. And it must have just been the twilight stuff they give you, because I remember definitely waking up. And I remember the dentist, who was clearly just having fun with his assistant, said, hit him with a hammer. And I remember thinking, like, oh, this is going to suck. He's going to hit me with a hammer. And then when I walked out, I marched out like a toy soldier. That was bad. Uh, And then when I had my colonoscopy, uh, for real, I I didn't want to do it because I was like, well, it's a celebrity butthole. Like, you know, I'm afraid that – and I've never seen it. Well, it could look like Spiro Agnew. I don't know. And so I didn't want to risk that. And that's all I talked about, Nick said, when I came out of anesthesia.
4: I kept asking <laughs> if it was the best one they'd seen all week. My, uh, when my wife had, uh, about a decade ago, she had, when she had breast cancer, she had some tumors removed. So they put her under anesthesia for that. We had a one-up, man. And well, when she came out of anesthesia, she insisted on, she does not play video games or really care about them. But she insisted on going to GameStop at the mall. And for some reason I was like because I didn't really know how anesthesia worked I was like okay sure why not And she went in and she immediately uh, Ran straight first into this They had big boxes filled with stuff That was like kind of in the entryway Like to advertise things And she went straight into it Knocked all of them over Screamed <laughs> someone's gotta pick that up And then <laughs> so like the real story out. is when when You took your life up. to the mall Under anesthesia Surgery so high. I was like 21 I didn't know yeah, that's a fair point. Mm. I didn't know how that stuff no, works.
2: You know what they call 21-year-olds? Adults. <laughs> yeah, he was there's married. A lot, there's a
5: lot you don't know, though, about medical stuff when she, you're that she,
2: age. She wanted to. She said, I want to go to the mall. And yeah. I was like, hey, far me and for can me. Can we just lower the standards even farther for Andrew? <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> she just came out
2: of surgery, and he took her to GameStop she, at Alton Square. Asked him. It's him. not like, oh, I didn't know she, she wasn't supposed to have broth that early. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: like, I was like, hey, whatever you want, you. Get. Anything for you? Sweetie.
2: Hey, the
1: carnival's going on. Let's go ride the tilt-a-whirl.
4: <laughs> and I said to the guy who was working, I was like, "I'm sorry, she just got out of surgery," and then, like ran after. He's her. like, "Why aren't you a grown person?" <laughs> what if, what if she had asked you to go to Six Flags? That's far
2: away. I wouldn't
5: drive. Okay. So <laughs> it's a matter of yeah. convenience. Seems very
2: <laughs> Andrew-centric on these the
5: mall <laughs> decisions. The mall's on the way home. I'm from sure the you wanted the I'm new wanted or whatever it
3: was.
6: He <laughs> He's like,
5: I need a new yeah, remote anyway, like, so let's go. Fun. In fact, you probably said it to her and planted the thought in her head. She's like, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, wow. I
4: probably did. I do, re- I
2: do think I remember buying something. <laughs> See? Yeah, because you probably said no to McDonald's, Roma's Pizza, QT, and Casey's. He's like, what about GameStop? You want to get a it's game? She's like, like "Yeah, Fine. I guess we'll just go to the mall
4: then. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> go to Claire's. Do you guys at least pierced. get a pretzel? <laughs> I also remember there's no there's no pretzels at the Olden Square Mall. There's, oh. Oh, there's okay. barely doors. Uh, <laughs> I also remember she locked me out of the house while she was like right after that. We got home and then I went out in the yard for like something. Like same day right after that? Yeah. And she was like, I'm going to rest for the entire Why rest of the day. Why would you leave
2: her? <laughs> I didn't, to like, be locked down, I mean, you have to be out of the house. I, like,
4: left the house for some reason, and she got out of bed behind me and, like, walked up and locked the door, and then I was stuck outside, <laughs> and I'm like... What, did you see a squirrel that looked like Tony Orlando or something? <laughs> like, like, squirrel!
5: <laughs> just want to add that someone just called in and asked, how the heck did Andrew ever find someone that uh, oh. wanted to marry him?
2: Yeah, that's, let's put that question on Facebook. <laughs>
4: But no, we're, I we're, we've been wondering this for a very long time. I remember, like, because the the there's a window in the bedroom that you can get to, and so I'm like pounding on the window, like wake up. <laughs> why why don't you open the door? A spare
3: key. You don't have a key to your house?
4: And not with me. I was just like stepping outside for some reason. No keys usually work best with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I leave those at home. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think she was gonna wake I, up. Just I have my lock- key in
2: a lockbox inside. <laughs> it's in a
4: lockbox. And when she woke up, she was like, "I had the strangest dream that somebody was like." Well, I guess that is a good part. You could deny the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, like I
2: was just your anesthesia. Yeah, like I would take you to GameStop, honey. Yeah, why would I do that? (laughs) I did not like being put under. People love it. You ever been put under? The
5: process of going under. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Do you?
2: I I just like I'm gonna go to sleep. In fact, when I when I did my colonoscopy, which I need to do again because my mom had colon cancer, so I I did it. It's probably been close to ten years now, maybe more. I need to do that. Uh, And everyone said, "Oh, you're gonna love it so much." But I don't. I also don't like needles, and so I said, "I know I'm covered in tattoos, but it's different." (laughs) It is. That's real. It is is very different. Uh, But I said, "Hey, do you think maybe I could get a volume or something?" They're like, "No problem." So I show up that morning, bright and early, all cleaned out and everything. And uh, they they don't seem to be giving me a volume. And I had this nurse who was a little bit older. Not that it matters. I just like painting a picture. And I'm sitting there, and she's about to put it in my hand. And I said, "Oh, you know what? Could you check the chart? I think I'm supposed to have a volume." And she said, "For what?" I said, oh, I'm just not the biggest fan of needles. Is, I wish I could say the word, but you'll get it. She grabbed my hand, smacked it really hard, and said, stop being a P word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of
3: love her. And I was uh, like, I okay. <laughs> All
2: right. Was All uh, it I, nurse, nurse Cratchit? <laughs> it was kind of like that. It really was. I mean...
3: <laughs> I actually um, I had a colonoscopy. This has been about a year ago. And it was one of those experiences where I was kind of nervous going in. And then I got there and it got 1,000 times worse. Because every single person I came in contact with, I knew. Or knew me. Yikes. The first one knew me from childhood. The You know, the sticky lady. The, yeah, the one yeah. that sticks your hand. Mm-hmm. The next one knew me professionally. Which, that was super cool. It knew mm-hmm. my coworkers. Mm-hmm. And then the one that woke me up uh, was a personal family friend. And every step of the way, they're like... Oh, you're so-and-so, and this is how we know you. Okay, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah,
6: Wow.
2: So,
3: yeah. That was, that was interesting.
2: <laughs> All I know is when I woke up, the doctor was asking for a sketch pad. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i to commemorate this.
4: before I forget.
2: No, I, I just Lady's remember have you autograph it. Uh, one of our neighbors at the time has intestinal issues, and she gets colonoscopies. On the regular. And she said, just make sure they put you out. Like I've had a couple times, I wasn't all the way out, and I could hear what was going on. So I was freaked out about that. So I was ready to say, Hey, I'm not out yet. And so you feel the, the not even warmth, like the heat. And, and by the way, yeah, yeah, we're not the... telling you not to get colonoscopies. No, Everyone no, should, should get it. colonoscopies. It's yeah. not it's a not deal. And a big deal. But a little bit it's out, um, it's not a big deal. It's a good nap. And a I thought it felt like dying. Like, it just went black.
3: Life is slowly being For sucked For real. Out I you. just felt like, oh,
2: <laughs> this is what it's going to be like, except I'm not going to wake up again and make jokes about my funnel. So, <laughs> but Let's face it, I probably will. Yeah. I never had that thought. <laughs> if there's an afterlife, that's 100% what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm the walking first in thing there. you do. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So Dave's here. Everyone Ugh. else is like, oh, I made it to heaven, or oh, God, I'm in hell. I'm just like, hey, ever <laughs> seen a funnel? <bundle? laughs>
4: It's a really famous one. <laughs> it's really it's a hard. a celebrity. It's really celebrity. hard to see celebrity your own, all. too. Probably it's like... the most famous one you guys have ever had in here. You probably one. have a sketch of it somewhere. Yeah. I don't
2: know. Looks like Spear Wagner. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 221 DGS and Our buddy Trisha is hanging out
2: with us. And speaking of Trishas, we'll have Trish Gazelle on Thursday, right? Mm -hmm. Who's tomorrow? Wiggins. Wiggins. Good. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> um, we are just talking. So, Trisha is here because uh, Rachel is in Japan, and they're 14 hours ahead, so she's in the future, and she just texted us at 4.40 in the morning, so things aren't going great for her, uh, with, with a chocolate <laughs> banana cart. Do you know my chocolate banana story? That's I why she texted it? I
3: don't, actually. Uh,
2: I have a lot of things like this. So, <laughs> in seventh grade, uh, you had the lunchroom. Or you could walk a block or two down the street to the Cone Barn, which was just what it sounds like, this little red barn that sold ice cream and hamburgers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the first time I got to walk down there, I like I felt like a real grown man. And uh, on the way back, you had to pass the Shell Shack, which is where the potheads and the burnouts hung out. So it was like I was terrified. just like walking by Tony Soprano's <laughs> house. I was terrified. <laughs> and I made nothing but bad decisions as a kid. Sure. <laughs> as a kid. Um uh, <laughs> And so I decided of all the things I could order, I ordered a chocolate banana. And so I'm walking past the shell shack
3: with, your chocolate with my chocolate
2: banana okay. on a stick. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the head pothead burnouts goes, hey, kid, watch that? And here's exactly what I did. I held it up <laughs> and I said, I can't it's know. a chocolate banana, sir. And then I shoved it as far down my throat as I could. Because I fall back on comedy. It's yeah. all I had. It's a good move. And they all went, oh, my God, look at this. I'm like, Ugh. And so for the next several years, I was known as chocolate banana to the Burnouts. That's great. They're like, hey, chocolate banana. I'm like, but hello, they liked sir. You, but they liked you, right? Well, I mean. They didn't invite me over or anything. Uh, but, but they weren't mean to you. No, no, no.
5: They weren't, like, picking on you anymore. They no. were like, this guy's kind of funny.
2: Yeah, another they gave time— gave me lots of bananas for some reason. Humor saved me was—this uh, was the same time as the famous Farrah Fawcett poster— and they made T-shirts, which I have one in my office, like a real one that I bought on eBay. And we've all seen, like, the rubber appliques, you know, kind of thing. And I found out, I don't remember how, that if you pulled on her boobs, they would stick out oh. because the rubber would keep it in shape for a <laughs> while. party trick. There you go. And so I was getting roughed up by some Roxanna Junior High hooligans, and uh, I didn't know what else to do. There were three of them, so I just grabbed them and pulled them out. And they're like, oh my God, that's hilarious. And they let me go about my wife.
5: <laughs> <laughs> See, laughter is the best medicine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> then I ran into Ethan's <laughs> uncle Eric Brocon. I became popular in my junior oh. year. So popular. I, I I I rose so quickly that a girl I'd been going to school with since seventh grade asked where I had just moved from. <laughs> and I pretended it was Nebraska. <laughs> yep. He
5: was like, I'm from the cornfields. Yeah,
2: I didn't have it in me to go, uh, you've been in my math class yeah. every year for five years. I was like, uh, Nebraska. Just
3: moved from homeroom.
4: I don't yeah. even sit behind you. You sit behind me.
3: <laughs> Gave a presentation a half hour ago.
2: <laughs> I just carried your books. <laughs> We're lab partners.
1: <laughs> we dissected a frog yeah. two days ago.
2: Remember that project? I was at your house. Oh, thank oh. God for humor. Chocolate, bananas, Chocolate huh? banana. Chocolate banana. Right on. Banana. Held it up proud. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: that's a good move, man.
2: Me and burnouts.
5: I'm not going to lie. That's a good move.
3: We had a burnout house. It was a house, though. It was the yellow house. It was right outside of the school. They're for always
2: Wisconsin. yellow. Always. It was the big- The burnouts house. or the house?
3: Both. Yeah, both. But for some reason, it was like a block. You could see the high school. And even, and this has only been 15 years ago for me, Hot cigarettes, alcohol, all right outside, right before school. And it just, nobody did anything We had a smoking area.
2: Yeah. I mean, you could be, if you were in seventh grade, you could be in, and I had to go through it to get from gym class to art class. And again, it was just like the spanking machine, you know, like tough girls with denim jackets with Van Halen written in ink pen. (laughs) Nothing scarier. I like
3: these chicks.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they they were sexy, but they were terrifying. I remember, like all
4: women. I remember the Alton High smoking area being a great, like, place of peace where, like, the students and teachers would meet on, like, equal ground. Like, you'd see, like, trouble students and, like, then a teacher, like, bumming cigarettes off of them. And I'm like, this heals. This is healing. (laughs) This is probably healthy. Like, everybody meets on equal ground in the smoking area. In about fifth
2: grade, I was sent down to get one of the teachers. And, of course, you never get to go into the Holy of Holies, the teacher's lounge, and I went in and they're all smoking and cussing and just uh, crapping all over students, you know, like, oh, wait till you get this kid. He's an idiot. And I'm like, oh, my God, looky, looky. <laughs> like
3: What have I found?
2: But I must have been <clears throat> I must have been a dork. Of course uh. I was a dork because they didn't even flinch. Like had it been someone cool, they'd be like, hey, shut up. But I walked in. They're like, oh, it's just him. It's just chocolate banana. It's, just, <laughs> it's, just, safe. it's chocolate, chocolate banana. banana. Man. This kid's gonna make some of himself one day. Just chuck on Nanner. <laughs> hey Nanner. Show him that t shirt trick. <laughs> well he just poured him.
4: Cracking your knuckles like well. I mean, I'm gonna go get that shirt me. on the
2: break and show you.
4: <laughs> just to no, tell <until> HR. <laughs> Well, it's fine, it's Steve. Yeah, know. Steve is
2: acting HR. Steve will be like, let me pull him.
4: Yeah, Steve is like, I'll meet you in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Steve's in the back wearing the shirt
2: already. <laughs> Showing Becky. Hey, boss, yeah.
3: can you take that off. Steve's
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, day. check yeah. this out. This is no evidence.
5: If <laughs> 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 you ever wondered where all this would be like in a, like a... I don't know, like a law firm or a place
1: where people have to be serious. I've been there.
4: Oh, one of us has actually worked. Why do you think I'm here?
1: (laughs) T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
4: You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Imports Chicago, Illinois.
2: Uh Welcome back, guys. DGS on KMOX. So you know how obsessed with death and dying. I think we're all, whether we admit it or not, I just openly admit it. And we've had several guests who talk about this. And I saw uh, our next guest online and uh, screenshotted it, sent to Andrew, said we got to get her. Uh, She's known as Nurse Hadley Online, Hadley Vlahos. She's a hospice nurse, and she's the author of The In-Between, and she joins us now. Uh, Very nice to meet you, Hadley. How are you?
6: Nice to meet you. I'm doing great.
2: So uh, I'm going to make this real simple. Just kind of tell me your story, you know, how you got into this and then how you developed this online presence. Then we'll kind of get into the specifics of what you do.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So I went to college to actually be an author. I always wanted to write. Uh, Life had other plans for me. I ended up having my son at 20 years old and said, I need to figure out something a little bit more stable. So I went into nursing. And after I was out of nursing school, I found myself being very drawn to hospice nursing. And I was a hospice nurse for about four years. And there was a moment where I was sitting in my driveway, and just realizing how much I had learned from my patients, how much they had taught me, the advice they had given me, their experiences, that it really changed me in a positive way. And I wanted to start sharing it with other people. Wasn't sure how that was going to go. And I did accidentally go viral, but there is a huge community of people really interested in death and dying like you are. And they're eager to hear these stories. And I'm eager to tell them I love being able to share my life with these people and feel like my patients are living on in some way through all of y'all.
2: That's very cool. So we have a a full room here with my, my, you know, co-hosts. So I'm saying this to them as well as you, but I had the strangest thought the other day. So I have a 28 year old son named Nick and an 18 year old daughter named Phoebe. And the worst thing I can imagine is seeing them pass away. Right. However, Mm -hmm. it hit me. I'm probably not going to be there when they die which I hope I'm right. not. But that's weird that I w- I've been there to comfort them through everything they've done. And it's been so important to me. It's been my whole life. And it hit me that I won't be there to help them through that. Is that a weird thought to have?
6: I don't think it's a weird thought. I personally believe through my experiences that you will be there, even if you are on the other side, because I've seen so many people People where their deceased loved ones do come to get them at the end of their life.
2: Yeah, tell us, I mean, just go crazy. The, the floor is yours. Tell us all the things that you've experienced.
6: Yeah, so uh, nursing school did not prepare me for this phenomenon that people will see their deceased loved ones at the end of life, and a lot of people think that's a religious thing, and it's not. Uh, no matter what people believe or don't believe at all, uh, people will have their deceased loved ones come to get them at the end of life, and this is a very well-known thing. Amongst hospice workers and everyone believes that these really are people's loved ones coming to get them. There's also all these other phenomenon that we don't have any explanations for such as people getting this sudden surge of energy right before they die. And I really loved getting to witness it. It's quite beautiful to be in the room. It's why my book is called the in between because it is like people are between this world and whatever comes next.
2: So obviously everyone's different living, everyone is different as they pass away, but are pe- people more alike in the process than they are different?
6: Yes. That really surprised me because no matter what we believe, our experiences which of course shape everything that we do, it is crazy to see so many similarities between so many patients when you die.
2: And I always think of it, so my mom's 96 and Uh, but she has, I'm going to believe this, but two of her aunts are still alive. They're like 106, 107. Wow. So I'm, I'm going to end up just being an eyeball in a wheelchair at some point. Um, but, but I, but she's tired, right? I mean, she's very, very tired and I always liken it to like a day. Like We have six flags over America here. And as a kid, you'd go and like, oh, I can't get enough of this. I'm gonna go ride this ride and go see this show. And then like, as the day goes on, you're tired, you fall asleep, and you're just ready to go home and go to bed. That's how I picture it peacefully. You know, as you get to a certain age, you're like, I'm ready. This is okay. I'm gonna be okay. Is that kind of your experience as well?
6: Yes, absolutely. I have told people before that I have never met someone who's 100 or older who still wants to be alive. Once you, like you were talking about earlier, once you start burying your kids and really everyone you know, you're ready to go be with all those people as well.
2: Yeah, no. I, I, my mom, I don't know that she would put it that way, but I think she feels the same way. Like when I go to visit her every week, that's a lot what she talks about. You know, the neighborhood used to be like this and I don't have anyone left anymore that, you know, all of her contemporaries are gone. She's kind of the last man standing. So uh, I've never witnessed someone pass away. I was on the air when my dad died in 2002, so I got there within about 30 minutes of it. Uh, but I've never actually been there. Um, what Help us to feel better about it or help us to kind of understand, like, right now people are listening and there are any given number of people who are going through that or will very soon. And I know when it was my dad, uh, at some point he had Alzheimer's and he just pursed his lips and he wouldn't eat or drink. And the doctor said, "Okay, this is his last sort of act of will. He's ready to go. And it took a few days and uh we were blessed to have wonderful hospice people who would walk us through like okay you're going to see his feet this is called modeling he's his breathing's going to get kind of weird that's called this um kind of walk us through the process
6: yeah there's definitely a process and i always liken it to giving birth because just as our bodies know how to naturally go into labor when we're 40 weeks along or however long uh our bodies know how to die and Not eating or drinking is very, very normal at the end of life. Uh, It is also very normal for people to sleep a lot. Uh, You'll start to see people sleeping maybe 10 hours a day, like during the night and then a nap. And then those hours just keep increasing and increasing until they're sleeping all the time. Hmm. And it is also very normal for people to lose their abilities to get out of bed before then. Just this very general slowing down process. And before people die, we usually see that they're in a coma. And then, of course, their their breath will stop.
2: So uh, I've heard from many people who do your job or a similar job, clergy, things like that, that most of the time there's like a perceptible change. Uh, Some people describe it as you could see dad's spirit leave his body or you could feel something or you could actually see something. Uh, What have your experiences been like at the moment of death like that?
6: Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely a thing. And for anyone who's been there, you might notice it. And for people who are kind of like naysayers, I always give the example that at the end of life, most people will have up to a minute between breaths. So they'll have a breath, Mm. minute pause another breath. And what's so interesting being in these rooms with families is that whenever a patient takes their last breath, they know at that exact moment, they'll start crying. They'll say to me, Oh, they're gone. Um, when, if we're looking at it just from a scientific medical standpoint, no one would actually know, uh, that someone's last breath had been taken until a minute later, Yeah, but there's this certain energy where you do, you just know that they're gone.
2: Um, How often is it, by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Nurse Hadley, the author of The In-Between. You can also find her online as Nurse Hadley, um, a hospice nurse. So what are a couple of the most sort of supernatural kind of or really not jarring in a negative way, but someone seeing a loved one or experiencing things like that 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 you've had happen?
6: there are so many which just always blows my mind. Uh one of the craziest ones for me was a patient with dementia and alzheimer's who was having a little bit of agitation a few months before she died and she thought that her bed was on fire and so I, she was very distressed about that. Uh so I called our physician and he was instructing me to give her medications to calm her down the medications were not working so i called one of the much more experienced hospice nurses woke her up in the middle of the night and she was like well just move her bed like if she thinks that that's on fire just move it away from the fire like it's the most obvious thing ever and so i moved the bed and she was eventually placed into a nursing home because it was getting a little bit too much for her husband to handle and she passed away and then her celebration of life at the nursing home was a few weeks maybe a month after that and i went to it and her husband made a beeline for me whenever he saw me and was like hey like i know you're going to think i'm crazy but i need to let you know that they think there was an electrical fire in the middle of the night and that that room was where that bed was was exactly where it was And the only reason I am still alive, in my opinion, is because I never moved the bed back after you moved it with her. And for me, that was one of those moments where I'm like, how is this possibly a coincidence?
2: Man, I just got to chill. That's crazy. Nuts. Uh, Hadley, where do people find you? Where are the best places to find your book and your online stuff?
6: Yeah, my book is available at any bookstore uh, nationwide, and it's called The In-Between, Unforgettable Encounters During Life's Final Moments, and I am on social media as Nurse Hadley.
2: Awesome. We'd love to have you back sometime. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Crazy, huh? That's it's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, it
5: seem, maybe it's not, but it seems it, right?
2: It's one of those times, like, the birth and death, that— As an agnostic, and the reason I'm an agnostic is I'm not convinced of any of the major religions, historical truth, logical truth, scientific truth. And I have too much respect for people who are, who claim to be, to just lump myself in. Like, I can tell you as a radio show host, I'd be a lot better off if I just pretended to be religious like most of them do. But I just don't have that in me. Uh, But... I'm a hopeful agnostic that I certainly hope there's something after this and I hope I'm cool with it <laughs> if they're cool with me. Yeah. But w- even as a non-believer, when someone you care about is facing death, I mean you you uh, you open as wide as you can to it,
5: mm-hmm. right? What yeah, what was interesting in listening to her too was that description of that last act of will, right, where you're you're still something's going on that you're you're mm-hmm. deciding something. Um, it was with my grandmother. So she had always said she was my, my aunt, my, my, my mom's young, younger sister was, you know, had lived with my grandmother for a long time, forever. And my grandmother had always said as she was older, she doesn't want my aunt to be there if, and when that, you know, when that time comes. And it was interesting is when the whole process was happening, I was coming from out of state to make sure I could be there before the end. And she passed away. I would think, I think five minutes after I got there and 10 minutes after my aunt had left to go get mm. something to eat. Interesting. And again, you think of that idea of will.
3: Yeah. Is the the f- that
5: was when she said that that's when the hair on the back of my next door, I'm like, man, like at that point, maybe there is still some control yeah. of hanging on or not hanging on or whatever.
2: The best deathbed story I've ever heard. And I should wait until Thursday, but I'm going to steal it is from Trish Gazelle because her dad passed away a little over a year ago and Trish has sisters. And there was always this fun debate about who's, uh, Larry, the dad's favorite sister. And so they're all around Larry and, you know, this is it. And her brother-in-law Vinny, who's married to Linda, uh, bends his ear down next to Larry and, and he said, he said something the balls on this guy to try to pull this joke off and they're like oh my god they're all crying weeping and what did he say what did he say and he said linda's his favorite daughter
6: <laughs> <laughs> and they all just oh, lost boy. it <laughs> <laughs> laughing right you definitely got the, the guts day.
2: to go for Woo. that you got to uh-huh. know your room for sure <laughs> but he <laughs> yeah, landed yeah. it and everyone just cracked up oh, yeah that's i mean. just think that's the greatest if something like that happens like I'm going to have a line. You know I'm going to have a line. When it's my time, if I get the classic deathbed thing, (laughs) I'm going to have something
4: ready to go. You do
3: when somebody's—because I went through this with my grandma last year. When somebody's in those final days of life, you know that they're coming to an end. And you do have to have those moments of levity where— like Funeral laughter. I mean, you do. Like, even with that person. Like, my grandma was in—it's strange because she had— she had dementia pretty bad towards the end, and she she had that day where she woke right back up, knew who we were, wanted to eat chicken wings, was huh. totally fine. That I think they call it the surge or something like that. Mm. And she had the moment where she was getting ready to pass, and she was talking and talking and talking. And I was like, what's going on, Grandma? Um, and she was like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to these people and I'm like, who the heck is this woman mm. talking to? Okay. But there were a lot of times when me and my family would be sitting there. And I mean, you do just got to oh, make yeah. the jokes. You got to keep it light. I it's- think
2: the funniest I've ever been was at my grandma's funeral. Like she wasn't really my grandma. She's the only one I ever knew, but my grandpa was quite a goer. And so he was married a bunch. Uh, but at the, at the wake, at the funeral, I was on fire. Yeah. And I was with my girlfriend and my sister Deb and her husband Ed, and I was just holding court. Yeah, you do better than a DGS live. I just <laughs> every shot I took was a swish. So, fifty-five <laughs> thirty DGS. Thank you to our friend Trisha from down the hall for sitting in with us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Um, this don't run off the road when I say this, but you know what's so stupid? Criticism, and I know I'm known for my snarky attitude and my like you're so stupid, and but like. The Beatles song, the new Beatles song and the new Beatles video. I personally think the song's terrible and the video is worse. And I'm seeing TikToks and people like this is travesty. And how dare you do this? in memory of the Beatles and all those people just uh, hate it. And I'm like, I I hated too. I don't like it. But who cares? <laughs> like if there are people out there who like it. Why am I going to crap on it?
5: And, and if zero people like it, but Ringo and Paul want to do it. Then good for God them. God love them. They're you know? a beetle. It's their choice. Yes. It, this happens a lot in sports. You get this a lot where like, should have had the dignity to retire when he was still good. I don't want to, you know, nobody wants to say, like, it's up to him. Yeah. Let them choose. It's their career. It's their life. Even if you don't like it, I'm with you. I don't like that song either. Who's no
2: being hurt. Right. Right.
5: Yeah. Nothing has changed about what they did before that.
2: Yeah.
1: They're still the Beatles.
2: Exactly. All right. Top of the hour. I'm going to tell you how stupid everything is. Um...
1: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.